Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast, in which we're focusing on transforming church, and specifically our upcoming Becoming a Transforming Church retreat. Today, we're talking with Biz Ganey about his experience as a pastor leading a transforming church in Vero Beach, Florida. Biz first connected with the Transforming Center by being part of Transforming Community 7. Then he participated in our two-year program called Leading a Transforming Church. We're really proud of Biz and his long-term faithful efforts to lead his church in becoming a transforming church. Our podcast producer will be conversing with him in just a moment. But first, what do we mean by transforming church? You're probably wondering. Well, when we talk about transforming church, we mean a community of women and men gathered around the presence of Christ for the purpose of spiritual transformation so they can discern and do the will of God. That's a mouthful. And of course, it does take a great deal of intentionality, first of all, around the pastor's spiritual formation, as Biz has already talked about, and then inviting other leaders into the journey of transformation, and then eventually being willing to order their whole community's life around the attitudes, experiences, and practices that open us to Christ's transforming work. So that brings us to our upcoming Becoming a Transforming Church retreat, November 1 through 3. Biz will be speaking on spiritual formation through small groups, and at the end of this episode, we'll mention some other topics as well. Registration is still open, and we'll tell you how to register and offer a promotional code at the end of this episode. Thank you so much for being here, Biz. I'm excited to hear about your experience with leading a transforming church and with becoming a transforming church retreats. To start off, I would really love to hear about your church. What's your role there? What kind of a church is it? What can you tell us? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the lead pastor of the of the church. We actually planted the church in 2011. And uh, we did with a desire to focus on spiritual formation as a way of life and uh, believing that, you know, the the well-loved soul is a soul that loves well kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And so we didn't have a lot of language for it back then, honestly. My wife and I had read uh, Ruth's book, Introduction to Silence and Solitude. That sort of launched us into this, but we set out to kind of uh, I established the ministry on this formational grid, so to speak. Wow. So this is really the spiritual formation is really baked into your DNA as a church. Oh yeah. 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 That's really neat. So as you think about what it has meant for you guys to be a transforming church, what, how do you define that? Or how, if someone asked you, you know, what is this whole transforming church thing? What do you say to that? Well, I think it moves quite honestly, because ultimately it's just about becoming awake and attentive to the presence of Christ within our midst and within this world, right? And so it's it's inhabiting a, a way of life around rituals, rhythms, worship. And I use ritual like liturgy or sacred rhythms, kind of the way the transforming community uses it, that helps orient our soul toward the presence of Christ within and among us so that we can then become responsive to his will. And we believe that takes disciplines, that takes rhythms, that takes habits that have to be repeated over long periods of time in the context of community in order to take, you know, root in the world in which we live. And so I often talk about the spiritual disciplines, the practices, uh, you know, the ancient uh, ways of doing this. We talk, we talk about them as strategies or means and methods, not as ends, but they're very much a part of the 
DNA or the fabric of, of the ministry. So it's a reorientation, honestly, Colleen, of how you go about ministry and what it means that is subtle until you sink into it for a while. And then you realize, wow, these folks are about something pretty different here. It's been important for us to try to frame it within, you know, the, the space of reorienting our loves to line them with the presence and will of the Father through the ministry of the Son, empowered by His Spirit, that, that take life through disciplines and rhythms and uh, doing it together in community. Now, I, as you're saying all of this, I, well, as somebody who has been through a transforming community, obviously, like this is speaks to my soul. And I am like, oh, I just wish all of our churches were doing this. Yeah. But I also am really aware of how how counter it is to what a lot of churches are doing. And so I'm really curious if there was difficult to get buy into that, or if you have new people who come in who are kind of like, what, what is going on here? And how, how do you yeah. explain some of that? Yeah, we do all the time, honestly, Colleen, it's, it's such a different uh, way of ministry for folks. And so the, I, I usually tell our, tell folks who are checking us out, uh, is to, you know, just settle in here for about six months. We, we have ways to orient people to what we're doing, you know, experiences, small group experiences. But my encouragement is settle in for about six months. Some of what we do is going to look very familiar to what you have done. Much of what we do will look nothing like what you have done. Uh, and all of what we do is very different from what you've experienced. And so uh, usually because it is important to us to keep this front and center. If you're with us for a few months, you're going to say, man, this is what I'm looking for, or ah, this is not so much what you know, I, I, I'm looking for. We, we try to live into that in our Sunday worship setting in a very real way, uh, often enough for people to know that this is just not something we talk about. It's not one-off. It's not a series of classes on the sideline over here because somebody said it's important. But no, this is how we choose to be in life together. And we're not open to any diversion from that. Yeah. Switching gears here a little bit. Obviously, as a transforming church, a big part of how you have learned to be in those rhythms and to practice all of that has come from attending a becoming a transforming church retreat. So I'm curious, I know you've been a part of transforming communities. Have you brought teams to becoming a transforming church? What has that looked like? Yeah, we have. We, we've had elders and leaders come in and uh, be a part of this uh, uh, any chance we can, you know, to get our folks involved. Now, thinking back to when you were sort of first bringing groups with you to becoming the Transforming Church, what were those first experiences like? Was there any particular ways that God really met your group in those situations that helped to kind of forge the path for you all as a, as a church? Yeah, certainly, Colleen. The first thing is you, you realize you're not crazy and you're not alone. Mm. And that sounds kind of harsh to say it, but when you're a small church in a pretty southern part of Florida that is not used to this kind of ministry, you begin to wonder, okay, what's, is, is there something wrong with us? You know, mm -hmm. and so where you, you, you get connected to others who are not just speaking this language, but living this life, struggling with the same struggles. So you're breaking bread with brothers and sisters who are right there in it, in their congregations, experiencing the same things you're experiencing. 
And then you have the teachings and the sacred rhythms that help order your life for a couple of days to just kind of realign you and, and get you back to the center and understand that this is a, we're really a, a small part in a kingdom work that's going on. And I think for me, that's what it does. It helps. Okay, there's, here's the vision of the kingdom in a way that I don't see it back in Vero Beach very often of folks who are diverse of all different backgrounds, of all different denominations, theological convictions, races, education, coming together around this central desire uh, to orient our lives toward the presence of Christ in our midst, and then developing habits and disciplines that will help us do what we say we want to do. And so just being around people and then having time with the team. And I love the Transforming Center's schedule. It's very intentional. It's designed to Number one, just drop right into the church calendar. And so mm-hmm. you recognize, okay, we're a part of this long ancient tradition of those who have gone before us. And so it, there's just something very life-giving about doing that with others in a setting outside of your congregation, outside of your home, where people don't have a raised eyebrow wondering what you're doing and, you know, uh, just trying to trying to walk that journey together. And so if anything, it was always just encouraging I and mean, the teaching is always great. Uh, the ways the Lord meets you in those spaces and uh, connects you with others is always fantastic. But more than anything, you just leave encouraged and inspired and empowered to you know, kind of go forth and, and continue the journey. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I think we're really aware of at the Transforming Center is just the the wreckage that the church has has experienced in the last, you know, year and a half to two years, just, it's been a brutal season and pastors are, pastors are, are broken and hurt and congregations are broken and hurt. Many congregations are very divided about how to handle the situations that we are facing as a world right now. And so one of the things I would love to hear you talk about as somebody who has sort of lived in these, these waters of, of being a transforming church is how has that helped you navigate all of this? Like, has it affected the ways that your community is finding their way together? And what are the practices and the values that are really serving you in this difficult season? Man, that's a good question. That's, I could probably go on for days for that one. Uh, you know, it has been difficult. Uh, I think I, I think I don't know the vast amount of difficulties just because of being kind of the founding pastor. But even in mm-hmm. a local congregation like ours, just the the, the rife, the strife, uh, the the angst. You know, it gets brought into the congregational setting. I, I think I think the way I've lived into this is is been able to recognize. The only hope I provide is the life of Christ that is alive within me and pointing people toward the kingdom that he says we can enjoy now. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can't do that on my own. I can't. I, I, I as a leader, as a pastor, as a shepherd, I get political, too. I get you know convicted about things that just aggravate me and frustrate me about the church. And so if I'm not living into the life of Christ through the intentional practice of the rhythms then I'm going to carry in kind of almost a, you know, this is just the way of biz or the way of your leader who just in oppositional. And so to, to all the different strife that's going on in the congregation. And so if I'm not attentive to the presence of Christ and, and, and trying to minister in the brokenness that exists, 
within that person that I think, wow, that's really not kingdom oriented. That's that's more nationalism or tribalism or, you know, you know, this political kind of idolatry we've got going on. Then I'm, I'm going to react to it from that perspective. And so, uh, you know, for me, it's it's just it's just the daily routine practice of the disciplines of, of you know, personal retreat, of examine, of uh, Lectio Divina. Uh, I, these are vital tools. And I don't think I would practice them the way I practice them if I had not practiced them in community through the years with the Transforming Church Network and the Transforming Community. I was thinking about this the other day, how difficult it is to actively engage the kingdom mindset in a culture that is fundamentally America first and me first, that we even bring into Christianity how to engage that without these disciplines just being entrenched in, in my soul, because or else you're just using tools that are being brought in from the outside. Does that make sense? It's like, you're yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like the disciplines and what you have experienced in the practices and values within this transforming church kind of network has really served you to to settle something deep in you. So you're leading out of that in a way that because you've been practicing it, it is a practice and a discipline. You have a, like it, there's a, there's a depth in there that you're able to lead out of, as opposed to responding to the culture or to whatever is kind of right in front of you. But there, it sounds like what you're saying is there's something internal that's really keeping the right things in place. Yeah, it really, it goes back to uh, one of the things I learned from Ruth at the very beginning was the best thing you bring, mm-hmm. right, to leadership is your own transforming self. That's what we're talking about. And and so that's been vital over the last 18 months, two years, probably even honestly, three to four years in what we've gone through. And uh, just to always being reminded of that, this is what I offer the body. And mm-hmm. anything less is is something other than what is best in in terms of you know god's desires for his people during this season and so yeah. it kind of goes back to that you know that we learned early on in our involvement with tc yeah you know i'm aware of there might be a pastor listening who is exhausted and discouraged who is trying to figure out you know what church even looks like and how to move forward and i think that can it can often feel like attending another conference just feels exhausting. Like it's not, it's not a retreat. It's not restful. It is more activity and directive and action that feels like anything, but what somebody who is sitting there exhausted and discouraged wants to do. So I'm curious for you, if you can share a little bit about the environment of the transforming center and becoming a transforming church, how that might be different from other kind of retreats and conferences and how for someone who is exhausted and discouraged, what kind of an environment it might be for someone coming in, in that state. Right. Well, uh, I think you hit at it a little bit. There's a, in my mind, there's a vast difference between conference and retreat. Mm -hmm. And so what, transforming community offers is not the three ring binder, build it yourself, go out and save the world conference where you're going to learn all the best, newest strategies. Nothing. Well, I mean, clearly I think there's something wrong with that. I don't mean to be disparaging about that, but that's just not what you find. This is not a, you know, three ring binder bound kind of thing. This is, this is retreat at the core of how I understand Transforming Center's vision is to nourish the leader's soul. 
in my mind, that's the one of the lenses that they that TC sees all their ministry through. And so they've already thought through that question. And that is on their heart to say, we want leaders to join us because we believe what God has given us to share with you is actually going to provide depth and encouragement and nourishment and inspiration and empowerment that you can't really get from anywhere else. And I've been at this long enough to know that my personal experience, though it's not normative, but my personal experience is that you can't find this anywhere else. And I've been in several other even retreat settings, and I just don't see the intentional focus on we want to we want to uh, encourage your soul. We want you to know you're not in this alone and that you as a leader are vital to the health of the local community you serve. And if we can in any way, shape or form, increase that health, that's what we're here for. And so I'd tell that pastor, look, closely at this, compare it to the other things you've done and give it a, a fair evaluation. I think you will see even in the way it's presented, right? In the materials and the online, you know, through the social media, if you pay attention, there's something very different going on with the transforming church network and transforming communities that you really can't access anywhere else in this kind of depth, with this kind of community, with this degree of experience behind them. Uh, and so uh, I, I couldn't speak highly enough of it, particularly for senior or central or essential church leadership right now, where, where so much has fallen on your plate and uh, so much is coming at you. Uh, this is well worth the investment. Now, as to kind of speak to that, how did you decide who to bring with you in those first times? One of the things I love about a, the becoming a transforming church retreat is that it is sort of it's designed for a group, a church group of of leaders yep. to come together. And so, figuring out who that team should or shouldn't be, I, I'm just curious for you what um, what that looked like and and what you found helpful as a pastor might be thinking about that question. Well, I think your I think your primary vision holders or you know those who carry the mission of the church be it your elders, your deacons, your you know trustees, whatever that structure is, having a few of those with you is vital. We we see we brought our elders and kind of our primary ministry leaders. You know, we're a smaller we're a small church, so we've sent lay people up to the you know individual uh, retreat uh, and still highly value that, but. At the leadership level, and if you're able to to make it happen, I would I would try to bring at least one or two others who they can kind of get the experience with you because you can't really it's hard to translate this back home. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a gap between experiencing it or then hearing about your experience of it. And so if you've got a couple of leaders around you and you're wondering, now is this going to be valuable? If you can bring them, I would say bring them because they need this experience. And then you, you then you kind of have like language, you have like experience, you have like context that you can bring back into the community and uh, work with e even a team. Or, um, otherwise, it, you may run the risk of actually feeling more isolated hmm. back home, you know, quite frankly, because it's really it's really a beautiful. I don't even like calling it a program. I know. I know those are terms we use, but but really, it's just the experience itself is one that, when shared in community, if that's possible, it's going to be more valuable to your desires and leadership back home, and I think more supportive of what the Lord's putting on your heart. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. 
those those top key leaders, uh, maybe a maybe an important lay leader. You know, the, there's informal leaders in every congregation. You know, that don't have the title or position. You know, and it'd be wise to get them involved as quickly and as soon as possible. One of the things I'm really aware of is that you know the church and by extension church leadership is really a microcosm of what the world is, and so within our churches right now, there is a lot of disagreement about how to handle things when they come up. And there is a lot of division um, on how to make a decision about certain things. And I am really curious if your leadership, your groups that have gone through this process, if that has really helped and served you all in any way as you've navigated disagreements or difficult decisions that maybe not everybody is on the same page with. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to share a phrase that I'm certain you know, God's will, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn that through the, the one of the strengths, I think, of Transforming Center and Ruth's teaching is, is discernment and community. You, you're exposed to what it looks like to discern together the will of the Lord in a way that brings life in the midst of conflict rather than death and destruction. And so, uh, it's that's been the, probably the most vital thing for us is we're always defaulting to how do we discern the will of the Lord in the midst of our own agendas firing and what we want and and working through that I think is impossible unless you're equipped to know what are the tools out there uh, what what are the handles you can lean on and, and Ruth's written extensively on it and so if, if you anybody's read their books that's one thing but if you experience that in the context of a of a you know church network retreat you begin to develop not just the language but really a love for it uh, we to this day and we we stumble around this you know discerning together that you're you're talking about all the time because we're by and large uh, you know, kind of the evangelical, you know, group of people that are top-down decision makers. That's how we've been trained. I always wish that, that you know, a Quaker would just show up and start worshiping <laughs> with us. So, so we'd understand because it's like, oh man, they'd help us get this so much yeah. better. But, but that is one of the strengths to me. One of the many strengths that TC has provided is a different way to lead, mm-hmm. and that is this that's group discernment, and it has brought just a. I mean, it really is life-giving to our community. It's not easy. It's, it's a slower, longer process often, uh, but it is so life-giving. And when you get on the other side of it, you look back on it and you just say, wow, this is, uh, uh, this is pretty sweet. So, yeah, that's one of the things we have learned again and again and again. And we, we continue to go back to that. Uh, and uh, not everything has to be discerned. You know, I, I get that. Some things just need to be decided, but a lot of these things you're talking about right now that could bring conflict and division, discerning a way forward, it kind of living into that mystery, that gray area uh, as leaders brings a lot of life to the congregation. I found it's, it's uh, over time, it's built a lot of trust within the congregation, a lot of just, okay, we, we're just thankful that this is how our leadership works. And we've even now got to the point where we're trying to move that into the fabric of the congregation where we're discerning together as a congregation. We've messed that up more than we've gotten it right, quite frankly, but it's still our desire is to say, how can we, this has been so vital for us. We think it can have an impact in the homes and our communities and our workplaces. So how do we invite the congregation into this process when we have decisions that need to be made that we think should be discerned together? Um, so 
that's that's one of the most profound gifts the community has given to me as a leader and to our elder and leadership team is how to how to be together in conflict with a deep deep desire to discern the will of the lord together and an unwillingness to move forward until we sense that that will has been Mm -hmm. discerned that's awesome that's really awesome i just have a couple more questions to wrap up but i would love to know what has been the hope or the encouragement that you've found in leading a transforming church? Oh man. Wow. Uh, well, we, we really believe we're after exactly what the Lord wants of us. So there's always hope and encouragement in that, but more than anything, when people stay with the church, you know, pillar, and they say, we're going to give this a chance. You begin to see a slow but definite transformation over time that that becomes really beautiful and it's real subtle Colleen you know it's not like oh yeah it's it's that more of in the valley kind of wow I am I'm I'm living into this space differently than I did four years ago and so all those little stories start to kind of pop up and on the you know in the parking lot in the hallways, you know, at the cafe, at the brewery, wherever people are gathered where they're talking about it. And so to me, that's very affirming is we get to, you know, you see that people get, people are really getting life from, from this. And they're seeing that, wow, it, it really isn't about your church's agenda and that God's far more kingdom minded than he is a, a nation church. And that when we get lined up within the kingdom and then practice the disciplines and habits of the kingdom that our Messiah himself practiced, it can really bring life in the midst of division. And so those are, I know those are kind of lofty terms, but for for me, seeing that is pretty sweet. Seeing people practice on their own some of these disciplines or or pursuing them on their own, apart even from the structure of the ministry, wanting more of that uh, has been a really kind of sweet dynamic of of the ministry. And uh, that's important. We didn't know if this would stick or not. Melissa and I, when we began 11 years ago with a, two dear friends of ours, and because we thought it was so obtuse or peculiar to people, all of a sudden, over 10 years later, you're like, wow, you realize there's been some small but beautiful life change happening. But it does take, Colleen, I mean, it takes people saying, we want this. Yeah. But it, it, take, it takes people saying, we want this, we want to live in this way of life and learn the disciplines that will help us enjoy it uh, so that we can experience uh, what we've longed to experience all along. And that really is just the communion with the, you know, Trinity and, and kind of, that's the terms we use down here. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I would be remiss if we concluded this without mentioning that you are going to be teaching one of the breakout sessions at the upcoming Becoming a Transforming Church retreat. And so I would love to hear a little bit about your, uh, your session. So, yes, I get to lead a breakout session on small groups. And uh, I, I am looking forward to that uh, because I, I think that so I think that's the most difficult uh, kind of ministry program in the church uh, because there's so many ideas about how do you do small group? What does that look like? And so when we started the ministry, we didn't even have small groups. It was a small church. But for years we didn't, we didn't want to start small groups because we just said, you know, we just don't want to do what everybody's done before. That's what they want. They want kind of this 
niche group or this specific group or that kind of, you know, and no, there's nothing wrong with that, but we felt, no, there's more that we need to be looking for in terms of small groups. And so we got to a point really where people were frustrated. And then uh, Ruth's book came out, uh, Life Together in Christ. And I read, I devoured this book. I de- and I took it to our elders. I said, that this is it. This is the model for small groups. We will not leave this model. And so what, what I'm looking forward to, number one, is sitting with people who have the same desire we do to see small groups become a place of transformation. Because we just believe that, again, transformation happens incrementally in the context of community. And so part of what I'm excited about in that breakout session is just to hear the obstacles to this. What do you, what do you find that you struggle with in your local context to bring this life to bear on your community? And how can we kind of deal, deal with that together? What have you learned? Because honestly, I feel like I've learned more from my failures in this area than my successes. Uh, this is hard work because people always want to look for the other thing, you know, and there's nothing wrong with the other thing. That's just not what we're doing here. We believe God is calling us to be uh, live within the context of community where we are being transformed by the presence of Christ together over time. And that just requires a lot of us. And so uh, I'm, I'm just excited. It's on the docket for the retreat. I think churches hunger for this. Uh, I'm going to bring as many questions that I do answers. Got a lot of experience on how not to do it right. And hopefully some experience on how, how to do it right. What this looks like when, when it's really flourishing within your congregation. And so it, it's really going to be kind of a, this, this, big overview of what is your vision for small groups within your church? Have you centered in on what that means to you? Because there's 9 million of them. And if you don't have one, somebody's going to import their own. And then how do you go about that in a systematic, intentional, you know, life-giving way over the course of time to be sure you're implementing that? Because often that's kind of the central vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. In congregations for formation for community and there's so many other reasons we have them but this is the reason we we should be involved with them yeah yeah i love that thank you so much biz you are such an inspiration it is really exciting to share with you just a little bit about the becoming a transforming church retreat and what it's all about One of the things I'm most excited about is that, like Biz, all of our speakers are transforming community alums who have been practicing these things in their communities for a very long time. All of us, myself included, will be sharing from a wealth of real-life experiences in real communities on such topics as Sabbath-keeping, worship, reconciliation and racial justice, discernment at the leadership level, how to become a missional community, and also really practical topics like spiritual formation with youth and children, how to translate spiritual formation in an urban environment, all sorts of things that are very, very pertinent to any community who wants to become a transforming community. There's still time to register, and we have a few spots left for you and maybe your team, if you can bring them along. We know things are still uncertain with the ever-evolving COVID-19 pandemic, which is why we are still accepting registrations, and we will try to do so as long as we can. 
while also providing a virtual option. Remember that the virtual option will not be as robust as the in-person experience, but it will be available to individuals or teams, and you can orchestrate having that in your setting if that would work better for you. We're really pleased to be able to offer some promotional pricing for our podcast listeners. So if you are interested in joining us November 1 through 3, do email us at podcast at transformingcenter.org to learn more and to receive access to this promotional pricing. This offer expires on October 8th. This special pricing is available just to our podcast listeners, so we do encourage you to take advantage of it if you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you on November 1st.